0: location 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 these are kind of this is like the rule for real estate we know location is what matters the most where the house is the neighborhood it's in kind of the amenities that are close by location is so important we could i think apply this rule of location to the gospel today in order to understand properly this wonderful gospel i think knowing something about the location is very very important So in this gospel today, we've heard this wonderful interaction that occurs between Jesus and his disciples, where he asks them a question of his identity. Who do the people say that I am? And ultimately, who do you say that I am? And finally, as we heard, Simon Peter answers, you are the Christ, the Son of God. And in response, then Jesus says to Peter these famous words, you are Peter, I call you rock and on this rock I shall build my church. So location, location, location. Jesus has this dialogue with Peter at a place called Caesarea Philippi. And this location is very, very important. Caesarea Philippi was a city that was built just around the time of the birth of Jesus by Philip, who was one of the sons of Herod the Great. And Caesarea Philippi was an important or famous geographical location. Even if you visit there today, There's an imposing sort of cliff that is there, a large cave and in prior years a a fountain or a spring came out from this cave that was one of the sources of the Jordan River. Now at Jesus's time and long before Jesus's time, this cave was a sanctuary to the god, to the pagan god Pan. So you might be familiar with this god Pan. He's kind of depicted oftentimes half human being, half goat. He's sort of like the god of nature. And so, well before Jesus' time, Caesarea Philippi was a sanctuary to this god Pan. In addition, at Jesus' time, right by this large cave, was a sanctuary dedicated to Caesar Augustus. So, at Jesus' time, of course, the Caesars were not just human rulers, but were seen to be kind of like gods. Caesar Augustus, for example, was called Son of God and Savior. So when Jesus then asks this question about his identity, it's very important to realize who else is kind of having claims in this place. So in Caesarea Philippi, you had Pan, who was seen by some to be God, and you also had Caesar Augustus, who was seen by some, or at least claimed for himself, this title of being God. So it's very important then that Peter answers this question in Caesarea Philippi because peter makes it clear that it is not caesar augustus who is god or savior it is not pan who is god but it is jesus christ who is there in front of him who has been teaching him calling him inviting him to follow him so this then is the first location that's very important i think to keep in mind for this gospel this question of jesus identity and specifically peter's answer makes a lot more sense or significance when we realize that Jesus was just kind of one of several people at that time who claimed to have divinity associated with him. And Peter ultimately says that Christ alone is the Son of God. A second location that's very important, I think, to fully understand this gospel comes later in Jesus's ministry. And this location is Calvary. At the end of the gospel, we see something strange happen. Peter correctly identifies that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And what does Jesus tell Peter and his disciples? Don't tell anyone. Why would Peter not not supposed to be telling people that Jesus was the Christ? Why would Jesus want his disciples to be quiet about his identity? This sort of feature, which is sometimes called the messianic secret, the fact that Jesus wants to keep the fact that he's a Messiah a secret is kind of a large feature of Matthew's Gospel, and also and particularly the Gospel of Mark. And the reason why Jesus seems to want to keep this a secret, the fact that he is the Christ, the Messiah, is this. Ultimately, Peter is using the right term for Jesus. Jesus, it is true, is the Messiah, the one sent by God to save the people, the Christ, However, Jesus doesn't want his disciples to share this identity that he has until after his passion, death, and resurrection. It's as though Peter has the title right, but he doesn't understand fully what it means for Jesus to be the Messiah until Jesus Christ ultimately suffers, dies, and gives his life for us out of love. Of course, at Peter's time, at Jesus' time, people expected different things for the Messiah, they thought perhaps that the Messiah would be a very strong person, a military ruler. And ultimately, Jesus goes against all these paradigms, showing that he's a Messiah who, su- who suffers, a Messiah who ultimately serves, and a Messiah who lays down his life for his sheep. So ultimately then, this second location that's very important for understanding the gospel is Calvary, because it's only at Calvary where Peter, and we as well, truly understand this identity of Jesus, for what it means to be, for Jesus to be the Christ, the kind of suffering Messiah, the kind of Messiah who gives his life for us out of love. The third and final location that I think is important for us to keep in mind to understand this gospel is kind of across the Mediterranean in Rome, on the Vatican Hill, where St. Peter ultimately was buried. St. Peter, as we see in this Gospel, has a very important role. After Jesus ultimately says he has gotten his identity right, Jesus says that he's this rock on whom he will build this Church, which the gate of Hades shall not prevail against. So Peter then has an important role in this Gospel and ultimately an important role in the Church. And Vatican Hill, of course, is where St. Peter was buried. And St. Peter, as we learn in the New Testament, even after this incident, made mistakes. St. Peter denied Jesus. There's later traditions that even when he was serving as Bishop of Rome, he fled during persecutions. But ultimately, St. Peter, towards the end of his life, truly understood what it meant to be a disciple of Jesus. And for for him, this meant not only serving the people who Jesus called him to serve, but ultimately Peter gave up his life for his sheep. And as the tradition goes, St. Peter chose to be be crucified rather upside down because he didn't think he was worthy to suffer the same death of Jesus Christ. And St. Peter of course was buried there on Vatican Hill over which in the fourth century, uh, Constantine built St. Peter's Basilica. We learn there ultimately the identity of St. Peter That Saint Peter is for us a model to example, a model to follow, someone who followed Jesus Christ, not without making mistakes, but always trying to follow Christ, whom he loved, who he felt called to serve. Ultimately we see there on Vatican Hill that Saint Peter received a charism or a gift for the church that is passed down to succeeding bishops of Rome, to succeeding popes. We call this ultimately the papal authority where the Pope is given a special charism starting with St. Peter to guarantee the unity of the Church, to help guide us, to help shepherd us in union with the other bishops throughout the world. Ultimately, this Gospel is pointed to one of the sources where Jesus gives this special gift to St. Peter and to his successors to guarantee unity as we all follow Jesus Christ together. So, of course, as we hear this Gospel today, we can hear this question of Jesus Christ directed towards ourselves. Who do we ultimately think that Jesus is? We learn in this Gospel that Jesus Christ ultimately is our Savior, but he's a Savior that is a bit unexpected, a Savior that calls us, like Saint Peter did, to follow Jesus down this path of service. But this Gospel ultimately gives us this great and encouraging message as well, that we have the church, the rest of the community, the Christian community, to support us on this journey as we follow Christ.